This is Mackenzie Milton. This is Steve Levy from ESPN. And you're listening to One Night Stand. And you're listening to One Night Stand. One Night Stand. Hey, c'est condition ça qui t'est passé. Just One Night Stand. Avant toute bagaille t'est commencé. One Night Stand. Pensez que c'est ton This is One Night Stand. Presented by First Watch, the official breakfast and lunch sponsor of One Night Stand. What up, Night Nation? It's homecoming week. On today's show, we recap the 49-7 blowout win up in Philly over the Temple Owls, bringing UCF to 5-3 and three overall. We also do a little schedule outlook, talk about our predictions for the first college football rankings coming out later today. As always, Money Moves Picks, Moves Mailbag. Speaking of, I'm here with... Money Boo, UCF flew to the city of brotherly love looking for its first road win of the year, and it didn't take long for everyone's favorite bowling ball, Isaiah Bowser, to roll untouched into the end zone for the first watch, first score. Congratulations to Justin Frolich and Garrett H. for both correctly guessing 11 yards right on the money. Quarterback Mikey Keene looked more like an upperclassman in his fifth start of the year, throwing for five big touchdowns as the Knights silenced the Owls 49-7. Man, we needed just a great overall dominating win on the road. It was so nice to just see everyone like on Twitter universally happy for once. Like There was no arguing about play calling, anything like that. I mean, we just beat them up, you know. Pretty pretty bad. Started off a little slow, and then as we got going, I was watching the game on my phone, and it just felt like, you know, if I'd turn it off for five minutes, I'd miss our entire, you know, series on defense, and we'd have the ball, and then we'd be scoring again. It was like one after another after another. Uh, I guess my only negative thing would be, I can't believe we let them score with 28 seconds left, but that didn't really matter at that point, so whatever. Pretty much a shutout. Uh, great overall team win. Moo, what were your thoughts? Yeah, a couple of early turnovers there for Temple. First drive of the game, going for it on fourth down. I really didn't like that call at all, but Temple only averaging 20 points a game. I guess, you know, you got to score points to beat UCF. And, you know, when you're two, when you're three and four, hadn't really beat anybody, you got to make those, those kind of calls, so. That was their best opportunity to score all game, pretty much. So looking back, it actually yeah. wasn't a bad idea. Yeah, they just really could not get rolling. Dewan Mathis, former Georgia quarterback, surprisingly, um, no offense to him, did not really see what Georgia saw in him. Uh, <laughs> it was very slow. Had plenty of opportunities to run, just like last game uh, against Memphis. Seemed like it was a running court, like an athletic quarterback. That's how you tend to beat this defense, and it just didn't run. It, it really didn't make any sense to me. So they they just couldn't get the ball rolling. But hats off to our hats off to our defense secondary. Another great performance. Let me tell you, um, Justin guys are Hodges, coming- Brandon Adams, they're really coming along. I, I gotta yeah. say, you know for. As much crap as we've given them, like normal uh, college football fans do, that they really have stepped it up, and I'm impressed. The defensive line as well. Um, 
I remember, you know, laughing about this now, but the first couple of games, everyone crying about when we were going to get a sack. I think we had seven, six or seven this game. Yeah, great. Overall team win. Every way you look at it, offense, defense, special teams, you know, Barsky, seven for seven extra points. I'll take that. Not too many penalties, you know. I really I can't poke any holes in this, you know. It was a great overall win and just something we really needed. You know, we had some momentum built up after the Memphis win, but this was really like I feel like this team is really clicking on all cylinders and you know, we've got Tulane coming up and then the big SMU game. Unfortunately they lost to Houston, which is gonna make it almost impossible for us to win the conference. But I mean I'm really feeling confident moving forward in this with this team. I mean I could see us winning out, or at least eight wins. You know, we win out though. That makes us nine and three, possibly ten win season with the bowl game. I don't know. What? How many wins do you think we can get this year, Moo? I mean, I would take that all day. If you look at my projected betting lines, we are favored in every game but one, or we should be favored in every game but one remaining. So that being the SMU game on the road now. Depending on if Dylan comes back, which I'm hearing, it's a possibility for the SMU game that would be closer to like a pick'em. So we'll see. I don't know, but you know the the overall season. If uh, if I could just get back that Navy game, I know. If I could just get back that Navy game, you know, I think we did some tremendous things, all things considered, for this season. And it's pretty crazy that like it's starting to wind down now. I feel like I know. it was just yesterday we were at Bo- you know we were at the Boise State game, but um, yeah, we're eight games into it. It's un- it's unreal. It, it, it always happens like that. It's like oh, can't believe it's here, and next thing you know, you blink and we've got four games left, and then the bowl game. It's been a heck of a ride. Um, definitely a little turbulent to start, but I think you know. Cooler heads have prevailed, and, and we're starting to really find our groove, you know. I think we get so caught up in the moment that you really forget, like, how much uh, having a new coaching staff, it, it can take a while for the culture and, you know, for the team to really start to click. I mean, this is – we're like a brand-new team with a new coaching staff and a ton of new starters on, on both sides of the ball, and then you factor in the injuries too. I'm happy with where we're at. Yeah, speaking of a brand new team, it kind of felt like a brand new offense with Mikey Keene kind of uh, getting to throw the deep ball a little bit there. And we saw Alec Holler, you know, we knew that he was a, ta- he was a talented athletic tight end, but, um, you know, Hescock gets a lot of attention just because, you know, he was a transfer from a Power 5 school. But Holler, Leading the leading the team in receiving yards, two touchdowns, and one where I don't understand how you could get that wide open. On, on <laughs> scheme, a score. a scheme, baby, schemed it up. But what did you think? What did you think about the play calling and Mikey finally, you know, throwing some deep shots? Because there were two other deep shots where one O'Keefe had it. It was a perfect pass, and O'Keefe dropped it it happens and the second was to Titus where it was a long it was a deep shot but you know the throw was there but he did get a defensive pass interference call so yeah, I kind of count that as a positive play I saw what did you think I mean 
you know, I've I've liked the play calling all year. I just feel like some of the stuff hasn't been there, and this this game it was. So, you know, I think obviously I know you're going to be super happy with the play calling, but maybe that's just what they gave us. Uh, I, I think every game Mikey's going to get more and more comfortable, and we're going to start. And it, it probably has you know it probably goes hand in hand with Gus's play calling too. Mikey's more comfortable. Gus senses that. Gus gets more comfortable with Mikey. So it all kind of, you know, it's all synchronized. And I, I think the comfort level was showing with, you know, kind of opening up the playbook a little more. And I don't know why we kind of, like, we started off throwing a, the tight end in the beginning of the year. And I feel like we kind of got away from that. Maybe that's because Mikey's learning more of the playbook. Again, this is stuff we don't know. Uh, we're not there at practices. But it's good to see us getting back to him because the tight end's kind of like a, can be like a safety valve for, for Mikey. So it's good to see. Holler getting back in the mix. Uh, what were your thoughts on the play calling? I thought it was great. I thought the usage of Joey Gatewood was a little more tolerable, I could say. I don't know if that sounds negative. But um, <laughs> I, I think it was the right amount of usage. They don't need Gatewood in after Mikey's driven down the field. and Bring him in maybe like two, three, four plays at most. And that's it, you know? We, we saw him a little bit late in the fourth quarter when all the second strings were in. He can definitely run the offense. Uh, I wouldn't have him really passing the ball too often anymore. I like bringing him... I mean, he is what he is. He's a, he's a massive dude that, that's going to run downhill, and he's an asset to the team, but let's use him in the way that he needs to be used. Yeah, I, I like when we bring him in just because, like, all right, if we're going to hand it off to Bowser, Mikey's not a running threat. At least he's not yet. Like, we know he's not he's not going to keep the ball, you know, when they do, like, the read option thing. So at least when Gatewood's in there, it makes the defenders have to pick either Gatewood or Bowser. They can't just all keep Bowser, you know, because Gatewood's a running threat. So I like using him for that, and that's it. I agree with you there. Uh, I think we've kind of found his niche in the offense. And, you know, don't put him in for whole drives. Just run it down their throat one or two plays and and get Mikey back in there and and stay in rhythm. Uh, uh, Man, it just, you know, it was great watching that. It's like everything kind of finally clicked that we've been trying to do all season. Got a lot of playmakers, the ball. And, you know, like you said, on, on the defensive side of the ball, too, a lot of pressure. The DBs are just playing better every game. And uh, what can I say? Great overall team win, man. It's uh, definitely definitely excited for the rest of the season. I, I remember on Twitter like three games ago, people were saying, I'd be surprised if we won another game. There was a lot of people saying that. I thought every game was going to be a dogfight. But, you know, we're getting better every game. And that's what's important here. Yeah, absolutely. I think the offensive line defensive line and played pretty well throughout the season most improved i think would have to go to the secondary and uh and you know mikey keen having for sure to be able to start a game you know on the road at navy first career start lose you know what what does that do for your confidence you know tough gus talks about overcoming adversity like 15 times an episode on our <laughs> time. And I mean, he's right. Like That's think what... of the adversity that we've, that we've overcome this season, all the injuries this season could have gone a 
way differently if we didn't, you know, come back from down 21 nothing at Boise. Yeah, we could have quit after the Navy game too. I mean, it's uh, we've been through a lot, and I I really like what we're building here, and uh, excited for the rest of the season and, and and next season too. We're gonna build off this, and you know, just gonna keep opening stuff up on both sides of the ball as these guys get more comfortable in the new schemes. So, lot to be excited about. Um, all right, so we got Tulane this week at four SMU game was announced that's two weeks from now that's at noon so 11 a.m kickoff if you're there in dallas then round out the season with yukon and then usf on black friday tulane's been giving teams fits uh you know eh, i would say first half fits first half fits is fair you know oklahoma earlier in the season and then cincinnati that game was close for you know the first two and a half quarters or so so who knows what, what we're going to see this week. Do you have any uh, thoughts on that matchup coming up? I mean, Tulane is not a good team. They're 1-7. And I'm going to talk about this later, too, is that they're really playing well under or well short of where the preseason predictions were. Their win total for this year was at 5. So you're looking at like a 5-7 and seven team. Um, pretty decent when you only have one you know, FCS school on your, on your schedule. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're playing your two out of conference games are Oklahoma at Ole Miss. So okay, they, they had a lot higher expectations for Tulane and they really just haven't played up to, uh, up to speed. There's not any like huge injuries that I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, yeah. I don't know. But yeah. We'll see what team comes out. Are they the team that, you know, can get blown out? Or are they the team that can hang with uh, Cincinnati and Oklahoma, two of the only undefeated teams remaining, you know? Hopefully it's the, the first one, but we'll we'll just have to see. I will say that Tulane's defense is pretty much on par with Temple. Absolutely horrible. They're giving up 41 a game, almost 500 yards of offense, so... Hopefully at home, keen homecoming, feed off the crowd, and God, I mean, just scoring more than thirty again <laughs> made me feel so alive. <laughs> I know. I forgot what that was like, and we got so uh, spoiled with that, you know, for a while. Uh, spread on the games thirteen. That's a lot. I could see it go. I mean, it, you know, we could have a repeat of Temple, or it could be a close game. But I'd like to think that, you know. We're going to continue playing how we have, and uh, it, it shouldn't be a close game. But you never know. So show up, be loud, you know the deal. Yeah, I don't think it will be a close game. However, I have to stick to my to my betting rules. UCF minus 13 at home against Tulane. I have it at minus 10.5. So not enough value for me. Okay. Um, Maybe a little beginning first of the quarter? <laughs> We've been starting off so slow, though, honestly. Yeah, yeah, we have. Um, I'd maybe look for a live or something. Yeah. But we tend to give up double-digit leads pretty easily. I don't know. <laughs> um, no, that's hypo. I will say this. So think of it this way. At the beginning of the season, this look-ahead line was UCF minus 15. So you're saying after all the injuries, after losing Dylan, and after Tulane, you know, isn't as good as the five win Tulane they thought. It only goes down two points. Well, it doesn't know. really make sense. I it think it doesn't there's, really make sense to me. Tulane has regressed a bit. 
And we've kind of been up and down, but we're on the come up now. So I don't know. It is what it yeah, is. T- too much, too much for me, especially like a back door. Never know. Although the second stringers came up big in the Temple game too. Yeah, yeah. We just, uh, I don't know. It sh- it should be a fun game. Hopefully, we we continue this, uh, you know, high powered offense theme. Bowser's bruising. You know, I I don't. I wish we had like the advanced stats or whatever on this, but. There were so many times, and, you know, these won't show up in the stat sheet, but it's like he would get hit like one yard behind the line of scrimmage and then just fall forward. You mentioned this earlier in the season. He's always falling forward, and, you know, the one-yard loss turns into like a three-yard gain, which is a huge difference there. You know, that's the difference between second and long and, and, and second and manageable, and that opens up the playbook. So just good to see, you know, Bowser being Bowser, I guess is what I would call it. Yeah, absolutely. UCF averaged 4.6 yards a carry. I feel like the standard deviation on that has got to be like one. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's no, it's like every carry is exactly three to four yards. Good old George O'Leary football. Um, Ground and pound him. You know, I've been saying it all year. Bowser's not going to kill you with his speed. He's not going to break a 80-yard touchdown like we're used to with Killens or Anderson. He lulls you to sleep there with those three, four, five-yard gains. He pounds you to death is the, a nicer way of putting it. I, I, nothing to sleep about with those, you know, bruising carries. He just wears down the defense, man. It's it's awesome. So, um, all right. First college football playoff rankings come out. I guess we'll probably post this Tuesday. So today or they just came out, but we didn't know about them. Got a bunch of undefeated teams. Obviously, the one thing everyone's looking for is where do they put Cincinnati? Because, you know, you've got Michigan State undefeated, Oklahoma undefeated, Georgia, obviously, the consensus number one. And then you got, you know, Wake Forest undefeated. Those teams will probably end up losing other games. But since his remaining schedule is pretty dang easy besides SMU, so where they're at now is going to be huge. Uh, that all eyes are on Cincinnati. What are, what are your thoughts going into this? Where do you think they're going to put them? I'm, am I going to spoil it now? Are we going to go like one through four, or are we just talking about Cincy? Oh, all right. Well, give me your thoughts on – give me your <laughs> rankings. Or I didn't know you had a rankings. Okay. All right, number one, I don't think there's any debate no. about who number one is right now. It's Georgia. Yep. Now, they're going to end up playing Alabama in the SEC title game, but – the problem with that is, is if Bama wins, I think there's no doubt about it. They're going to put Georgia and Bama in there. It, Assuming not, they both win not, out. Yeah, whether or not you agree with it, it it's what's going to happen. More than so, more than likely, yeah. But that, number two, that's why. Also, so I think that's why they're going to leave Bama out of the rankings now because they know that Bama will have an opportunity to climb back up. That's just kind of my thoughts on that. Oh, you think they leave Cincy in there and then do like a – this happened one year. Like TCU won, but they they were in the top four and they won and somehow they got leapfrogged by somebody else. It was TC – there were two <laughs> Big 12 teams and like the debate – one of them – they both had one loss and one of them had beat the other one. I think it was like TCU and Baylor. I don't remember. And I think TCU had beat Baylor or vice versa and the other team's one loss was like a bad – Loss and Ohio State leapfrogged them both 
for the four spot, and they won the national championship that year. So, speaking of TCU, Gary Patterson fired after 20 years. That is pretty crazy considering what he's done for that program. Um, anyway, yeah, right. that was nuts. Okay, I'm gonna say no particular order. This is my four who I think are are gonna get in right, right. now. It's Georgia, Georgia and Bama are gonna get in. They just are. You mean like in this current rankings, not future? Oh, I was going with the future. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> but this this current ranking, okay, we'll do this current ranking. Maybe we'll change it weekly. So this current ranking, Georgia's number one. I got Bama number two. I got Cincy at three, and then I got Oklahoma at four. Michigan State on the edge looking in. I think if Michigan State wins out, though, they have to be in there. All these Don't teams. They? Here's what I've got. <laughs> I got Georgia one, Cincy two, Michigan State three, Oklahoma four. They're all four undefeated teams. How can you put a, a team with a loss in over an undefeated team? And it's not like Bama has gone through murderer's row and then they just had one unlucky loss. I mean, their their ranked wins were Miami. They're not ranked anymore. Florida, they have four losses. And Ole Miss. I mean, it's not like they've had any, these crazy tough opponents on their schedule like they sometimes do. I don't think you can put Bama in the top five. And same thing with Ohio State. I mean, when you've got you've got actually five undefeated teams when you count Wake Forest, and I'm not counting uh, UTSA or whatever, but nothing against that. Okay, so okay, so what do you think? What do you think about that? You said Miami. Yeah, they were ranked when they played them, but not anymore. So, does it count when that happens? I think but you should it should it also count if you know Bama beats. I don't know, Tennessee in the first week, and then all of a sudden now Tennessee is ranked 10. Like, shouldn't it count when you played them, what they were ranked, or does well, it only matter at the end of the year? So I think, I mean, the first couple weeks, the rankings are always so far off. Like, they're just, that's what we always say. There shouldn't even be rankings. You don't know. Miami's always ranked. Tennessee's always ranked in the beginning of the year. I think you look, you know, it's different than – Week eight or week nine, if a team is ranked and then Bama beats the brakes off of them and they're out of the conference picture and they kind of just fall apart, that's different. But week one rankings like don't matter in my opinion. So you kind of have to take everything in in, in consideration. But I just don't see. You've got four undefeated Power Five teams in Cincinnati. I don't see how you can have a top four that doesn't include. Or that includes a team with one loss. And the one-loss teams will have their chances. Like, Ohio State is going to play Michigan State at some point. So, like, that'll settle itself. Same thing with the Bama-Georgia thing. So, I don't think there's any reason to put one-loss teams in now, especially if they're you're the committee. You don't want to hear everyone bitching already after the first week. Like, give put the undefeated teams in. Everyone else has a chance. We'll see how the games play out and, you know, have this conversation later in the year. So, I've got Georgia 1. Cincy two, Michigan State three. Although I could sw- swap them with Cincy, Oklahoma four. I mean, none of them have a loss. It, it shouldn't be that complicated. So if you want to go by strictly by power rankings, oh, I I, I dove into dude. ESPN's FPI has Florida like seventh right now. Just <laughs> <laughs> so I don't use ESPN, but they have Florida. My sources of Florida at nine. Okay, so like, why even play the games? They have four losses. They also have Michigan State at twenty-one. Ooh, 
Is Michigan State overrated? I don't know. I mean, they just they're, beat an undefeated Michigan team. Their it's, top four is Georgia, Bama, Ohio State, Michigan. All right. <laughs> I mean, I, I get it. Is five. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Florida's played a really tough schedule, dude. Yeah. <laughs> they've had to play Bama but and like, Georgia. At what point do the games not even matter? You know what I'm saying? Like, why do they even play the games? We might as well just, I don't know, name the playoffs now. Like, these are the teams played the best. Scores don't matter. Nah, I mean, I kind of agree because we're going to get down to the – we're going to have all this chaos throughout the year, and then we're going to get to the end. It's going to be the same four freaking teams. Georgia, Bama. Minus Clemson. Georgia, Bama, Ohio State. State, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. (laughs) Yep. See, it's Clemson's year to sit out. It does feel like that's <laughs> that's what's happening. I just, God, I just hope Cincinnati wins out. Although, if they win out, so you know, it's going to end up probably being like Georgia Cincinnati rematch of the Peach Bowl, which was actually close. Since he got screwed yeah, on a penalty, dude, I know it's a way George, different. Georgia team. is a lot better so then, this year, and since he's since he was better last year. So then, since he w- Georgia. What if they blow out Cincy like fifty to nothing, and then everyone will be like, "See, I told you so." I don't want that situation happening. Yeah, but that's happened before. Notre Dame lost like fifty something to three. It, it happens in almost every playoff. There's a blowout. So yeah, but no, I'm just you know just trying to get ahead of the storylines here. A lot of people are saying that Cincy's going to be left out of this first top four. I just don't see that happening. There's no need to. There's no need to at this point. I don't know. I think it's possible, and they kind of like just let them what, fight their way get back, back in. Uh, I, I don't know. Houston, Houston's got one loss. They could be a top fifteen-ish, top ten team when it comes down to the conference championship. And now that we don't have divisions, you know they're in the same. Well, they were in the so same. So that division. that could be another big ranked win, possibly for Cincinnati. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. Good for the good for the conference though. Big Twelve looking good, looking strong. We might have two playoff teams actually. Oklahoma, Cincy. Never know. Anyway, all right, we could talk about that forever. Uh, picks. Sure. All right, now it's time for our favorite segment: Money Moves. Picks of the week. One and one last week had a nice, really nice upset winner with Purdue over Nebraska. And the one loss was Iowa State had a minus seven. Should have had it the other way around. Lost lost by seven. That brings me to seven, eight, and one on the year. We have four picks this week. All right. Let's get to them. First, we're going to take North Carolina minus two and a half at home against number 10, Wake Forest. Now, you may be asking yourself how. In the world, could a top 10 team be an underdog versus unranked 4-4 four and four North Carolina? Well, let me tell you, Wake has not played anyone. Their best wins this year are Syracuse and Louisville, both by a field goal. Sam Howell to Josh Downs, going to happen three times. If you're into playing college fantasy fan duel, make sure you have the Howell-Downs stack. Anyway, number 10. Wake Forest, they're going to get exposed. Go down to UNC, minus two and a half. UNC's pick, not been that good, though. I mean. No, nah, they really haven't. Huge letdown year this year. They were talking playoff. I know, right? At the beginning. In the top 10, 
not really any huge injuries either. Just I don't know what happened to him. But just haven't been winning. But you're right about Wake Forest. They really haven't played anyone. So I'm with you there. They do have a really good offense, Wake. But you know, on the road, UNC. I feel like you know this is probably UNC's Super Bowl of the season. You know, chance to knock off a top ten at yeah. home. In an otherwise letdown year, I agree with Plus, you. Plus, I feel like this is a huge trap game for the public. They see that number ten next to Wake Forest and, and the getting undefeated. points. Yeah, yeah, and undefeated getting points. How could it lose? Oh wait. <laughs> All right. Next up, we got NC State minus three at Florida State. We thought Florida State was getting on a bit of a roll there. Too undisciplined. Terrible loss against Clemson. They had a chance at the end. Just a classic Norvell undisciplined <laughs> football. That was Knowles. a bad beat on the spread if you had uh, the nine and a Oof. half. Woof. Oof. Woof. Yeah, I actually bought the half point, so I pushed it. But Oh, nice. But Especially it should have been they, a win, though. But, yeah, when you're on that key number. That, yeah, if they got that win and, you know, they, they were thinking bowl game. I mean, they're not out you of know? it. Well, well, now three and five. They're it's underdogs tough. again to NC State. NC State knocked off Clemson. Yeah, they yeah. got. Yeah, they got it's just Miami. More sorrow in Miami, Boston College, and then Florida. But I don't know anything could happen. Anyway, all right. So the NC State game. More sorrow in Tallahassee. We're gonna take the road favorites. NC State minus three. All right. Two more. What do you got? Next up, we got Michigan State, a move favorite this year. Third time's a charm. Minus three at Purdue. Look, Purdue, it scares me a little bit. They're the giant killer. Always. It took down number two, Iowa. But they're on this weird kind of win-loss, win-loss thing. And then they just beat, you know, I picked them last week. They just beat Nebraska, coming off the high. Could be a small letdown spot for Michigan State. I, I feel like I'm talking myself out of this. I know, you but... just said that. Well, you said, because you said... <laughs> Wake Forest, you know, laying points, but now you're saying, you know, this is only a three-point favor here for an undefeated Michigan State team against a kind of hit-or-miss Purdue know, team. That feels I know. like a trap, too. But, you know, but I think Michigan ultimate, State's legit, though. That's the difference. The ultimate underline. <laughs> and I try to talk myself out of this ten different times, but there's no way, if you watched that game last week, there's no way that I would ever bet a dime of my money against Kenneth Walker the third. He's legit. That dude is an absolute stud. I mean, what a classic. That's an instant classic game. Like, I, I would watch that it again was, today. It was, that was classic Big 12 football, man. I, You know, you just thought Michigan State was out, and they just never gave up. Climb right back, and, yeah, it was a heck Plus, of a game. I mean, Gus Johnson. I had to keep turning the volume down for how loud <laughs> he was screaming. Definitely. Yeah, he's, he's one of the best. Uh but yeah, I I just have a feeling, dude. Michigan State whoops minus them. three whoops them. All right, I, you've talked uh, me Purdue. back into it. You've talked <laughs> me back into it. All right, what's your last pick? All right, last pick. We're gonna take the Auburn Tigers plus four and a half at Texas A and M. Look, both these teams are gaining momentum. Both are coming off back to back ranked wins. Both are may trying to make a late season run. So what sets them apart? You have to take the stronger quarterback, and I'll take Bo Nix over Kyle Cadanza or Cardzana or whatever. <laughs> Nix is scrappy, uh, dude. He's I been fun to watch. I think yeah. he's kind of calmed down a little bit, but 
It's I, still been fun. I like Bo Nix. I liked you know the way he played uh, in the game last week against Ole Miss. Getting four and a half, I just I don't think Texas A and M is in it. They threw all their mar- marbles out at Alabama, and that's it. Yep, that's it. All right, so let's recap. Anyway, the picks. to recap the picks, we're gonna go with North Carolina minus two and a half against Wake Forest. NC State minus three at Florida State, Michigan State minus three at Purdue, and Auburn plus four and a half at Texas A&M. Let's get get that that money. money. All right, last up, we've got Moose Mailbag, where we answer all of your questions. Thank you guys for asking those questions. Please subscribe, rate, and review while you're listening. Thanks again. All right. First question from MD Knight 2016. Without knowing injury status at the time of the bowl game, would you want to play Tennessee? Eh, I mean, sure. Why not? Any chance we have to play against an SEC team and to play against Heifel and Danny, of course. Yeah. I'm not going to try and avoid that. Program revenge game. That'd be awesome. I I hate that you mentioned the injury part because, like, Without knowing the injury status, I don't want to say yes. And then, like, if we don't have Bowser, Dylan, or Flash, like, yeah, well, that too. Like, Bowser could the you got to remember the opt outs too. Like, we don't know if Jay Flash is going to come back. He he could be he could be ready for the NFL. I don't know, man. Our receivers haven't had the best track record of leaving early and and doing well. Nothing against them, you know. It's just we're not in the best situation here. Uh, for these guys, they're just not having as many scouts looking at them, and you know they get drafted late. Marlins hopped around with his injury, didn't have much opportunity, so I, I think he stays. Uh, but yeah, Tennessee would be awesome. I, I don't see how anyone would say no. I mean, that would be like must-watch TV. So yeah, for sure. Especially too, if it ends up being oh what, it has to be like the military bowl or Birmingham the bowl, bowl or something. Birmingham bowl, but yeah, yeah. Not that's uh, can we just rank like what's your not rank, but just what's the worst bowl ever? It has to be the Birmingham Bowl. One, how do you it, even it's get usually to Chris? You have to drive or fly your jet, I don't know, but think about it. it it's usually Christmas Eve or like the day after Christmas, so you're you're spending Christmas in Birmingham, Alabama. I mean, no offense. I've never been there, but, like, unless you have family there, I really don't think there's any reason to ever visit there. Yeah, it's on Tuesday, December 28th, so at least it's not really interfering, but that's also tough. It's the middle of the freaking week yeah. between Christmas I mean, most and New people, Year's. Yeah. Most people don't have that off. I do this year. <laughs> hey, congrats. But clearly not going to be able to go to the game. You could. I don't know. It's just cold. It's raining. I, I don't want to go to the Birmingham Bowl. It's a bowl that USF won once and then paraded the trophy around like it was a national title. I think they were back-to-back I, Birmingham Bowl champions in like 16-17. I don't want to go to the Birmingham Bowl. No one wants to go to the Birmingham Bowl. but <laughs> <laughs> They start preseason. All right, guys. <laughs> Here's the t- golden ticket, that Birmingham Bowl trophy. <laughs> hey, USF probably did that. That's why they got... Back to back. I'm looking up flights right now. You can actually fly there with only one stop from Fort Myers. Stopping in Charlotte 
And then actually, there's an airport in Birmingham. I I think Birmingham's actually a decent sized city. I think it's like a hundred something thousand. So it's not totally tiny. It's just not probably the easiest to get to. Yeah, I, you know, depending on the opponent, that's really what's going to make the bowl game. You know, if we're playing some stupid Sun Belt or Conference USA team, I'm probably not traveling to. I'm probably not traveling out of the state to go watch yeah, it. I mean, exactly. you know, if, like, you know, this we're talking about a thousand thousand dollar trip minimum. Yeah, I'd rather save that for the playoff next year. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it was like the Fenway Bowl against Pitt, that would be cool. You know, or really against anyone um, in that kind of venue. But but if it was the Fenway Bowl against like Western Kentucky, eh, I'd you'd have go. to think about it. you'd, you'd have think to about, think about, think about it. A it's, a, it's a thinker. But if it's the Birmingham Bowl <laughs> versus Western Kentucky, nah. This is not good for fan support. No, look, we're just being honest, though. And I'll probably end up going to the game anyway. Just saying, like, we're going to have a much worse turnout against a crappy opponent in a crappy city. You know, if it's a crappy opponent in a good city or a good opponent in a crappy city, at least you've got one thing going for you. But got to have got to check at least one box. All right. Enough bowl games. All right. This next question is from Night Griller. Did the Temple defense afford us to throw down field more, or is Gus finally learning more of the type of players he has at UCF? Yeah, you know, that's a good question. We talked a little bit about that earlier. I think it's a combination of, I think Temple was giving us a little more. I think Gus is more comfortable with Mikey, you know, letting the reins up a little bit. Uh, I think it's just a combination of everything. I don't think it's necessarily Gus learning about the players. I, we know about the speed we've got at wide receivers, so I don't think it's that. I think it's more of a comfort thing with Mikey and the playbook, Gus and Mikey, you know, like the synergy between all three of them, I, I think is the my best answer. But that's more of like a squints question. We need to get him on and see like what's actually going on now that we've got a decent amount of tape of Mikey. What do you think? Yeah, well, in my opinion too, I, I think you're Temple and you see Bowser and Richardson in the backfield and – not really a struggling quarterback, but I would say, you know, a, a young quarterback, what do you want to do? You want to get after him. So they were, I, I feel like that had to be the defensive game plan for Temple was to let Kane throw down the field and, you know. Yeah, make make him. Kind of made it happen. You know, you can only cover so much. So I feel like if you take away the short passes in the run, you know, saying, hey, throw it downfield, beat us that way. And that's what it seems like uh, we did. All right, next question's from Karu7. What do you think our record would have been had we played a Big 12 schedule this year? Ooh, fun one. I think, you know, with the injuries, you know, there's some bad Big 12 teams, too. There's bad teams in every conference. But, but I, I think we may have lost one more game, maybe. But do we have the injury? Here's the thing. Like, how deep in this question are we getting? Because... If we play a different schedule, we probably don't have the same injuries. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we could have more. We could have less. Yeah. I let's let's do a clean slate, like okay. full healthy. Well, that's hard to say because I think full healthy, we should have won every game we played. We <laughs> also could have maybe <laughs> we could have easily lost the Boise game though, when we were yeah. full health. Could have easily lost East Carolina too. I don't know. Probably something. Probably eight and four. It's tough to say. You know, there's good Big 12 teams, there's bad Big 12 teams. I, I don't know. It's a yeah, good question, though. Something similar. Yeah. But now, that brings up another question. Is that like, okay, so 
remember back in like the late 2000s like early 2010s like before our first fiesta bowl like what was the goal it was a conference championship and it was to play you know some group some power five team no yeah. matter who it is in the bowl in game. some bowl and beat them well now it's like are we the six and six georgia that got beat by ucf in 2010 is that us now like we have to go and play if we don't make you know a conference championship in the big 12 we don't make the playoff well there's a couple major bowl games but yeah no we've got to be at the top are we that team are we that team now it doesn't feel like it but yeah we are we're gonna be the western kentuckys and fau's of the world are like trying to come and play you know trying to play us and like that's their super bowls to knock us off yeah it's kind of flip the square bowl so you know bowl game possible we gotta be (laughs) we gotta be like eight nine wins consistently you know or else we're gonna end up in those situations and it'll be worse being in a bigger conference like then it'll you know it's one thing for us in the american to go against a sunbelt but when you're the big 12 going against the sunbelt it's not the best look. Very, very much of a letdown season in that situation. So let's not get there. All right, last one is from Tony Cummings. What are your thoughts on next year out-of-conference schedule for UCF football? Do you foresee us picking up games from the BYU 2023 schedule? I know we have a lot of open slots here. BYU is going to be in the Big 12, so we pretty much have those games to throw away. He said next year. I think he means 2023 because next year we've got Louisville and Georgia Tech at home, I believe. So I think he means 2023. That's the year where we have no P5 scheduled. Look, everyone's like talking about this on Twitter. I'm not like worried. It'll figure itself out. There's going to be major conference realignment. There will be games opening up. And you know what? Honestly, if we got to play three FCS teams or whatever, or like maybe not FCS, but, you know, if we have to sprinkle in like a Conference USA and uh, a MAC team or something instead of our usual P5, that's okay because we've got nine P5 conference games. You know what I'm saying? Like it's actually could possibly be a good thing if we don't have it. We don't need extra opponents. We've got plenty. You know, you got to remember this is all kind of like backwards now. Uh with yeah, very strange to me now. It's I know it's going to take I mean, a little right. while to get used to. We don't want to have. We want to be like all the other, you know, Power Five schools and play uh, Bethune Cookman and you know Montana State for our out of conference games. And then you know, know, I don't really agree spr- with it. Sprinkle but... on an F. Uh, here's the thing, though. It's like if we run if we run the table, we probably make the playoff. So why you know we can control our out of conference games? Why make them? super difficult if we don't need to bama did that yeah. for the longest time so yeah how many times a year do they play tennessee martin <laughs> well a bunch once but similar schools we're in the big 12 i yeah, know it's nice it's just starting to sink in actually i don't think it'll really sink in until i f- see that first schedule and then we'll do the classic yeah. fab five <laughs> <laughs> away games away games <laughs> uh good stuff uh, all right, let's wrap this up. Uh, due date? What? Two weeks? Three weeks? What do you got here? What's the yeah, final about countdown? Two and a half weeks. We're at seventeen days. Probably sixteen days by the time this comes out. Wow. So you're, you're pretty much be pretty crazy. 
yeah, basically. Um, we had our latest episode of our time, our time, uh, this past week that, uh, kind of featured the special teams unit. It was fun to watch. Of course, Abarski got his first miss, still having a great season. I think he's at 80%. That was, it's nice to see them actually get into like, I don't want to say like a plot, but like digging into, you know, it's it's more than just like a highlight reel thing, which like some of the episodes were, you know, it's getting a little interesting. The Kalia Davis episode, that that was a bummer, but it was cool to see him featured at least in the beginning for gaming and stuff. Uh, yeah, I really feel like they're starting to catch on to what I guess the fans really want to see, or at least what I want to see. Like, I want to see more player profiles. I want to see more of you know, what their majors are, like what they plan on doing after school. Like that's what gets me more engaged as a fan. And even to the casual fan too, I feel like, because the more casual fan you are, it's like, well, football's football, but you know, the other stuff, if you may, if you may be into video games and it's like, Oh, all of a sudden like KD plays video games. So I'm a root for him and start coming to the games, you know, stuff like that. It's cool to get to know the players actually beyond just what we see on the field, which these are all people just like me and you. And we don't really get to see much of that. A lot of the time, we just know them as the place kicker, the long snapper, whoever. Uh, so it, it's cool to, you know, get a little behind the scenes. I always like the, the stuff at like the injury rooms and the training facilities and stuff. It's just always cool to see what's going on behind the scenes that we normally don't get to see. Yeah, I really like that too. It, it it's just crazy to me how much time and effort and energy, like not only the players, but the entire coaching staff, the whole football program, to put that finished product onto the field week after week, just for our entertainment. It's a lot. Like it's, that's basically it. It's crazy, man. That's why, I, like, I give them the passes on the the play calling and stuff. It's like, dude, like they're trying their best. So right. Sometimes. And, you know, we just sit here and complain about it all the time. But, I mean, you you get paid to do that. That's true. And, and Gus. That's true. I love him to death. I, I'm allowed to disagree with some of the things that he does. Yep. I will say this, though, that this game, there was, there was less gadgety, you know, kind of stuff. I liked that. He, he kept it a little more simple. Ooh, old school. <laughs> but... <laughs> You know, don't run any fun stuff. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I, I mean, we need to run fun stuff, but too too many jet sweeps, too many. You know, I, I'm waiting on the flea flicker, Statue of Liberty, <laughs> Hail Gus, something, Hail Gustavo. Well, I mean, <laughs> we had the hook and ladder play against Louisville, so <laughs> knocked yeah, out one well, of the. That didn't work out. No, it didn't. Uh, but yeah, anyway, our time's definitely shaping up. Uh, it helps when we win. Like, I just don't want to watch the episodes when we lose. So, need to keep winning. It's still interesting to see, like, how the players react, too, after a loss. Cause, and the coaches. You know, I'm like, all right, what is Gus going to go up there and say? Right. <laughs> and I'm horrible at that. Like, I would have no idea what to say. Like, well, guys, oh. Well, adversity. We tried our best, yeah. <laughs> adversity, man. This is going to show. like he does. I feel like he does a pretty good job. Travis Williams, same same way too. I really feel like everybody is rallying around him 
I hope we could keep him. Definitely. I feel like he's going to be a great uh, – I mean, he's not the most experienced. You know, this is his first D coordinator job, I'm pretty sure. So I think we'll be able to keep him for a few years. I really like his energy, though, and I, I think he's going to be, you know, really, really uh, crucial in recruiting and, you know, just building this week to week, man. I think we're getting better and better, and I think we're building something special on that side of the ball. Obviously, the offense we knew was going to be there with Gus – the defense struggles starting off, but we're just getting better week to week, and these guys are buying into T-Will. And, man, his energy is just awesome. It's fun to watch all around. Always good when you can stop the run game. Two weeks in a row, I feel like we didn't get gashed by a running back. <laughs> it feels nice. Is, and against two mobile quarterbacks. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe we just had the containment. Uh, my eyes saw wide open spaces for them to run. They didn't run or maybe that T will thinks that our safeties could close in on him quicker than he can run. I don't know. I don't, dude. Football's like a chess game, though. It's like they do this, you counter with that, and you know, it's all about numbers and stuff too. And you know, we're just sitting there watching the ball. We really have no idea what's going on. I'm sure there's stuff that's been like blatantly wide open, and they just haven't seen it on offense, and you know, vice versa. So who knows? Yeah, for sure. Got anything else? <sighs> No, it's at 4 o'clock start this week. Great kickoff time. It's the best for homecoming. Not too late. Get a full day of tailgating, and, you know, it's not midnight by the time the game gets out. Definitely look look, uh, looking forward to watching that, I guess. I don't know. I'll be at a bachelor party, so that should be fun. Maybe just on baby alert, right? We do. Yeah, just on baby alert, uh, DJ Pav's baby shower. I guess that's what we do nowadays, just baby go to shower. Pe- different people's baby showers. Hey, did anyone get you a diaper genie? Uh, yes. I'm obsessed with those. I might just get one for my own place to throw like food away. I don't know. They're really cool. Not something you want to do. Why? <laughs> um, I did want to say we will have a small basketball preview on next next week because it, even though we're mid, midway through the season through football season mid-november you got to think basketball starting up make sure to keep that espn plus subscription too because i feel like a lot of the games are on there uh, and all the other well, sports too you can watch all the sports on there it's actually really nice we're getting coverage that we just didn't have before for you know like volleyball soccer etc yeah i think we have women's volleyball Tuesday or Wednesday against Cincinnati, they do a good job of like advertising that stuff too on the on, on the during app. the football games. Yeah. Oh, yeah. speaking of Cincinnati, can't believe we forgot to mention this. Cincinnati getting college game day finally for the Tulsa. Oh game. yeah, long overdue. Dude, there's got to be somebody. You got to send a tweet out, like mass tweet. Every find whoever we can, and we just invade their game day. Just somebody. Did they do that to us? No, there's not enough Cincy fans over there. Uh, I don't know. We need some rep- representation. I know. I feel, I feel like, like there hasn't been that much this well, year. Well, I mean, it was fun to represent us when we were like, you know, 22, 23, 24, and 0. People were popping up at every college game day because it was like a cool meme. Now it's like, eh. I don't know. I, hopefully we'll have someone there. We had some Cincy Knights when I was up there, like people that were local uh, Knights alumni. So we'll see. But that's cool for them. So is Barstool gonna does Barstool pregame like follow wherever game day is? No, they have their own thing and Fox has their own their 
big noon yeah. kicker or something, and they just all happen to be at Michigan, Michigan State. I highly doubt Barstool is going to be at Cincinnati, Tulsa. Nothing against yeah. Cincy, but it's not like a marquee matchup. ESPN's just doing it because you know since he's in the spotlight, they've never had college game day, and it'll get it'll get a lot of people to watch it, uh, as opposed to you know doing the usual Athens, Georgia, or you know Tuscaloosa, yeah. or I Ohio mean good State. for them. Yeah, they it's deserve awesome. it. They definitely do. Yeah, so I know we had a ton of fun when we did ours. So <sighs> should have been UCF Cincy. If we just didn't lose to Navy, it would have been that. But is it a noon game? I I hate when game day is at a noon game, because then like they, not everyone is there, and then it's like, oh, do you do you tailgate or do you go to the, you know, the thing? Let me see. Hold on, hold on. Where are they at? Where are they at? Oh, it's three thirty. Oh, that's fine. a good. That's a good. That's point. actually a really good time yeah. for it. So there's not because like everyone will get there, but then it's not an insane like if it's at seven. Oh, that was a long day college game day yeah so anyway good for them long story short all right you got anything else no that's it i'm gonna go to bed (laughs) sounds good all right thank you guys for listening as always please subscribe rate and review and if you're going homecoming have fun should be awesome go knights charge on Nation. Nation.